but you guys know her as Elise. And I'm Ben's mother-in-law. That's crazy. <laughs> but we love each other, so we wear matching clothes. This is at least the second time we've done that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Casual, right? Can't. <laughs> um, well, I think we only have 20 minutes, so let's. Ooh, we've already Tim's already gone. Um, I'm just going to give a quick. Um, introduction for those of you who don't know me, and um, then <coughs> we can just play by ear. So I'm Laura Moore. My hubby Jay and I have been going to Grace uh, over 26 years. Um, <coughs> I, after Ellie was born in 1995, I quit my job. I was a retail store manager, what's now Macy's, used to be the Bon Marche. And um, I had linens and lingerie, so if you ever have any questions in those areas. <laughs> um, anyway, so then I was a stay-at-home mom and a homeschool mom, and I really struggled. Hear, hear me saying I really sinned a lot. So, And uh, someone started discipling me, and I started growing and changing. And so from there, I just kept growing and changing. And then when Ellie graduated in... What? 2013. 2013 from high school. Um, I started working on my ACBC exam. I don't know how many of you guys know anything about that, but it's just a, a certification process within the church to help if you want to grow more in discipleship. So I started working on that, and I finished that last year, and then now I just started in the fall working on my master's in biblical counseling from a seminary in Indiana. So I do that online. So and my daughter helps me with all my papers. So. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> By the way, I, I got a grade on my first one. So we'll have to talk. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I get to serve at Grace Bible Church in the biblical counseling ministry. Uh, my husband supports me financially, so it's all I'm not making any money there. Um, but he's gracious in that, and so I just serve whoever happens to come in. So, um, if you guys have any burning questions, I'm open to that. Otherwise, we could kind of move on to kind of give you a big view of what that looks like in my little world. So, anything particular? Or? Not you. <laughs> well, let's just jump in. So, this is just a kind of, everyone have a little thing, of, um, just kind of a big overview of in the biblical counseling world, we call this the Y chart. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before, but um, so this is just the down in the. This is supposed to be a cross down here. I know it doesn't quite work that well like it, but um, just the whole concept that when I meet with people, I'm always looking for. I want it to be gospel motivated change. So when we talk about that, let's just turn to Ephesians four because I think these are kind of some good passages to just kind of see that. And if someone would read for us Ephesians 4:32, now I know we're jumping in midship in the middle of a book. So Ephesians 1 through 3 is all about positionally who we are in Christ. And then from 4 on, Paul is encouraging us, because of who you are in Christ, now walk this way. So if someone would just read Ephesians 4:32 for us. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Yeah. So can you see that what are we supposed to be? Let me just read that again. Just what? Uh, be kind to one another. Okay. 
tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave. Right. So the what is kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, right? But what's the why in there? Can you see that? Because God Christ has forgiven us. Exactly. Exactly. So if, if our motive changes to, oh, because I love God, I was, sorry, this is the tight rubber band that is holding me. Because I love God, I can move towards others and love others. That kind of makes sense? And then five, if anyone wants to read five, uh, one through two, same concept. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Okay, so what's the what are we supposed to be doing there? Love. Love? What kind of love? Easy love or? No. <laughs> Go ahead and say that word. Self-sacrificing, right? <laughs> love, and then what's the why? Why should we be loving? Because Christ loved us. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot, from my perspective, I think of biblical counseling is just like intense discipleship. Um, people coming in, and uh, usually by the time they get to me, you know, there's a lot of issues to, to get to work through. But um, of just really helping them see their whole motive in life has to be. Christ loves me. I love Christ. Because I love Christ, I'm going to be self-sacrificing. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be tender-hearted. I'm going to be forgiving. So kind of that's just kind of sets up. So the gospel would be because God loves me, number one motive, God's always going after motive. And then for his glory. Can you guys see that kind of at the top there? So if I think of because he loves me and for his glory, if, if all day long, everything I'm doing, brushing my teeth, walking the dog, making breakfast, whatever, it's all because he loves me and for his glory. And the more I can grow in specific areas of change all through the week and grow more in going through that. Does that kind of make sense? I mean, God set us up, right? God set us up in the beginning to made in his image to give him glory and to reflect him. And when we're not doing that, that then we're going to end up over here. Makes sense? Glorify self. Our souls are going to be in rest. Um, so the more we can understand who we are in Christ, the gospel, all Christ has done for us. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, anybody happen to know that passage off the top of their head? For if anyone is in Christ, we are in creation, the old is gone, the new is come. You got it, right? So the old ways of thinking, the old ways of desiring, the old ways of feeling, right? That are really easy to follow, right? She drank my, she put coffee in my teacup. Oh! I'm just joking. I'm just trying to use an example, right? The old ways of thinking, how dare she? Are, that's what we're naturally born, but to think... What's the big deal, Lori? Right? Well, it is a big deal, my mind. <laughs> to grow in specific areas of changing. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I do. So, any thoughts or questions or? I guess just yes. looking more from an occupational standpoint. What? Yeah. How can we use this heart chart um, in? whatever occupation we're in. Right. I would encourage you guys, no matter where you end up, that if your number one identity is the 
the in Christ. I am in Christ. That's my number one thing. My job, my marital status, all those things are secondary issues. That I am in Christ. And the more we feast on and delight on and become overwhelmed with our in Christ status, then the more we're going to be useful wherever we're at. And wherever we're at, then as we move towards people and um, thinking about you know, where they're at and how we can serve them and really starting to be able to unpack people a little bit more. Does that kind of make sense? So things we're always looking for, um, I mean, what do you think in discipleship, what issues are usually dealing with? What do you guys think? Do people come and think, oh, I love my life and just show me how to glorify God more? Is that? <laughs> no, right. So what are, what are people usually dealing with? Probably effects of their sin. Yeah, right? I kind of like to think of anger. I'm not getting what I want, mm-hmm. right? Fear. I'm not going to get what I want. <laughs> Lust. I'm going to get what I want. I mean, you know, if you can just narrow really things down to, those are just some key things to always be, hey, what are you, what are you fearful about? Hey, what'd you worry about last week? You know, what'd you get angry about last week? <laughs> um, what are your struggles? So just, you know, being open and honest with your own struggles and just saying, I'm just one beggar trying to lead another beggar to life. This is life. And the more I can grow and change in him, then the more I can understand my own heart issues and then try to get your heart issues out on the table a little bit more. Does that help a little? So down here at the bottom, I just kind of had drawing out the heart. You see those little things there? So redefining the issues um, to heart level and giving hope. You know, when we talk about uh, the world has lots of labels for our behavior, but when we start putting them in clear biblical terms, um, that gives hope. Um, Helping them understand their identity in Christ. Helping them understand the wrong function. So the wrong function would be the I'm living for myself to be glorified. I do everything for myself, right? Isaiah 43, 7. Anybody happen to know that one? Off the top of their head. (laughs) We are created and called for his glory. For his glory only. And the more that is running through our head 24-7, and we're trying to live more for his glory in his power. Make sense? Help them understand the battle and the weapons. Anybody want to read that First Peter two? Well, I don't know. You guys have any more questions or? I have a question. Yeah. Uh, could you tell us um, the lessons and the heart change that you went through when you were when you said you were struggling after you left your job? Oh, you made my whole life. What I struggled with it as no. a homeschool mom. Or, 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 what what you? The lesson and the heart change that you went oh, through so oh, that you could uh, Oh, I grow. was living for self, just mm. totally, you know, uh, ease, comfort. Uh, children are not, um, <laughs> um, they really, I mean, I think marriage can reveal a lot of your selfishness, but for me, children hugely mm. revealed of my selfishness, just living for self. I had a great job. I was making more money than my husband. I had a lot of job perks. I mean, all that had to just gone. Um, yeah, and just the dailiness of 
I get to do the same thing over and over and over again. So just seeing my selfish heart, uh, wrong agenda, not understanding God's love for me and wanting to conform me to Christ. I mean, that, was, that wasn't even on my radar, any of those things. So, and then God just kept, God loves to continually make our life not work out for us so that we continually are going, oh, you want me to depend on you. That, yes, and yeah. how did the Lord teach you, like when you had that heart moment? Oh, I'd say it's, it's, it's a thousand moments all day long. Yeah. It's a continual 24-7. Are you living for self or are you living for God? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm living for self. Am I going to repent? Okay, repent of my unbelief, repent of my idolatry, repent of my selfishness. Two minutes later, ooh, am I living for self or am I living for God? <laughs> so it's just that continual all day long, delighting in your um, forgiveness, delighting in his forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, and seeing that over and over and over. And hopefully then there's little growths and chains everywhere that yeah. growth, I always think of cancer growth. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that then maybe your children can actually see and go, oh, wow, mom, you're not quite as angry as you used to be. <laughs> <laughs> she could share all kinds of stories, I'm sure. <laughs> and to realize it's never arrival it's always direction right never arriving so we always have room every day to be growing and changing i guess biblical counseling has really helped me see it specific we don't change in like fuzzy land as my advisor would always say to me so part of my role is to set up the homework for clear concise change in the next week for that person to help them see this is how you grow and change in uh, thinking and actions. Yeah. And then just down at the bottom, I just kind of had uh, how we're, we'd be very different from uh, the world's counseling and from what I'm going to call Christian counseling. Biblical counseling is very different. And so we're always trying to flush out uh, what's my motivation? Why do I do it? Right? God's glory or fear of man? Love of praise, you know, get out of responsibility. I mean, there's a thousand things we could be doing things for. What power do I walk in um, and ground do I stand on? Boy, Pastor Brian's been hitting this in you know, Galatians. It's mm-hmm. all, it's all his, his power, and it's all his me standing in Christ's righteousness. Okay. What I want transfer, transformation to happen? Just some external cleaning up behaviors, right? I want to stop being yelling at my kids when I'm homeschooling? No. <laughs> or do I want inner heart transformation to change? What environment? Am I trying to do that all by myself? You know, it's not going to work. Am I coming to the body? We need each other. Just say, hey, you know, have you ever thought about maybe you're an angry mom? <laughs> what? No <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> And then who's the person in my fixation to light and worship? Is it me or is it God? So those are just good questions to ask yourself, to continually ask in yourself. And uh, as you try to move to help others, you know, do you know, how, do you know how to connect what you do? Let's just take this chart. What you do with what you think and you desire. You know, can you start making those connections? do that over and over because I really am desiring this. You know, do you know how to take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ? Do you know what lures you? Hmm, James 1, 14, 15. It's a good 
what lures and entices you and gives birth to a sin. So that process of sin. You know? For me, lures are a nice piece of chocolate that my kids don't steal, so I hide them in my closet. <laughs> you know, just little, little things that you start realizing, oh, I'm living for self here. Any other questions? I mean, so when you're helping counsel someone and you see that they're very clearly on that right path, you know, the taking the easy path mm -hmm. with glorifying self, how do you help them see that and help them, turn, you know, turn, you know, to go the other sure. way? Sure. Well, first of all, I'm just the water girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's all we are, right? We just sow the seeds, and God's got to show up. So I pray like crazy. And I, um, a lot of times at the beginning, we start with just like a journal of upsets. You know, bring in, what'd you get ticked off about last week? You know, and just help them start working through, well, what were you wanting? What were you thinking? What were you desiring? And a lot of times, we're blind and we don't see, you know, oh, I, that's, you know, I was yelling at my daughter because she didn't clean her room up the way I wanted her to clean her room up, right? And just start unpacking that. And to help you see, well, you know, you're really living for your daughter having a clean room, you know, and helping people to see how their actions are driven by their desires, their thinking, and their choices, all kind of going on in their heart. And we're all blind, and we don't see that. We don't see that in ourselves. So it's really easy to see it in other people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a, you know, and you just keep... I like to say it's just the next little breadcrumb, the next little step for them. I mean, there's a thousand things you'd love to tell them, but they're not ready for that and until you kind of, you know, let's take the next step. And um, A lot of times they come in just giving them hope for change, you know, especially if they're, you know, older, us older people. And we're stuck in our habits and been doing things a lot. So just giving them hope for change. Yeah. Good question. Does that kind of help? Yeah, okay. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So patient, patient with all. You don't know if God's going to show up. He could, and he might not. But I'm just the water girl, sowing the seeds and praying and um, continually pointing them to Christ. That this is life. I want this to come alive to you. And, um, yeah. So yeah, we're not. I'm not really chasing after what they're doing so much. It's what's their motive. Mm -hmm. If you go after the motive and the, the heart changes, then yeah. a lot of the other changes, you know, quickly move away. Right. Any other questions, thoughts? So I guess central to all of this is the reality that the person you're working with is a believer and they want to be glorifying God in their life. Um, I guess, is this same sort of pattern, can it be applied to people who we might interact with who aren't believers, or do we need to I mean, explicitly use this for believers? You know, I, people, when they come in, a lot of times, you know, I'll ask them what they think, and but I'm still, I'm not convinced they're believers, and I really don't even think that's my job to flush that out. My job is to show them how to grow and change. And um, if they start growing and changing, I say, great. Could be you weren't a believer. I don't know. So I, go, I don't really 
I guess, dwell there that much? Does that kind of make sense? I just say, hey, you know, like an unbeliever, well, you know, it's this crazy thing the Bible says we're here to give God glory, and when we don't, our soul's a mess. What do you think about that? You know, and uh, do you want to talk about that some more? So um, that's kind of where I land on that. Because um, typically after a while, if someone isn't growing and changing, I, you know, I might come back and say, hey, help me understand. You know, I, do you want to grow and change? And uh, I've had somebody say, no. <laughs> okay, then let's not stop meeting. You know, I'm not going to corner her or tell her, I don't think you're saved. Or, you know, I'll just say, hey, you know, your life is going this way. We've been talking about this for the last six months. Mm. Um, I can't help you if you don't want to grow and change. That's all I can help you. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, if they are, I mean, I'm not going to challenge them, but I'd say, hey, let's get growing and changing then. You know, that's what, that's what the Christian life is all about. So a lot of it is, yeah, what do they not understand about the gospel? Or what do they not know how to apply to their life about the gospel? But kind of a... It's going about two minutes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Along those lines, if you have a non-believer come in, um, like, where do you start with, like, the growing and the changing and sharing the gospel and the balance between all of those? Yeah, so it's kind of a, if you think of the gospel... Like Ephesians, think of one through three, the gospel indicatives, who we are in Christ, and then the gospel imperatives, now what we do. So that would be a lot more focused on, on who, who God is and what he's all about and how he expects us to uh, live according to him. And just, I just say, just take each conversation for five minutes and keep going with it and see what happens. Sometimes you get that real blank look and... Like, okay, let's come back around and say it a different way. You know, let's come back around and say it another way. <laughs> so it's just com- kind of coming back of how many different ways can I say the gospel is the power to change and Christ is the only one that can give that to you and honoring him with your life is the only way to live. Um, yeah. It's like, so it's just that wisdom of all your relationships are just every five minutes of Lord help how do I how do I speak truth to this person how do I how do I point this person to you I don't know I don't know where they're at so yeah unbeliever or believer it doesn't matter it's we you know it's we're here to reflect him and life's not going to work out well if we're not You know, there's a thousand other things we chase after. You know, as believers in the church, you know, even at Grace, I'm sure there's people who are not believers. And, you know, chasing after a religious lifestyle, externals, is, you know, just on the same level as, you know, going out and getting drunk every week. So it's like I'm not too concerned about the, the externals. It's, it's your whole motive for why are you doing that? Why do you come to church? Why do you read your Bible? Why do you pray? You know. Any thoughts or questions? So, anyway, that's what I do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. And just, you know, just always, even your own soul, you know? Whose ground am I walking on? Who's, you know, anger, worry, lust, fear, those are all, you know, things that, mm, 
my relationship with Christ is not where it should be. And I need to be thinking more about who the gospel says I am and because of the gospel how I should be living for him. And it's living in repentance 24-7. There's no zap. There's no, does that make sense? There's no instant, oh, I'm going to get my act together or I got this figured out. It's just that daily, every five minutes of, I have a relationship with God. What's that look like right now? I don't know. Help. I have a relationship with God, you know. Turning to him all the time. If you have any interest in, in ACBC, my daughter said, don't say that, but <laughs> or don't overload you. But anyway, Grace is a great place to get more training, and uh, if that interests you at all. Um, I mean, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, yuck, who would want to sit and listen to somebody else's problems? <laughs> of course, I also thought, oh, yuck, who would want to homeschool? So <laughs> and I also, I'm serious, that was who I was. I thought, oh, yuck, who'd want to quit their job? I love my job. Why did you choose to homeschool? Oh, my husband. <laughs> my husband uh, really thought it'd be the best for our kids for discipleship. That's the way he looked at it. So every day was 